Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 104, Telemedicine. So back on episode 97, Chris Hansberger mentioned telemedicine as a way to improve your group health plan. And she shared a valuable tip on how to use telemedicine in concert with your supplemental accident policy to maximize your benefits. So let's say you have a mountain biking accident, like the one I had, where you sprain your wrist and you get banged up with some abrasions and contusions, but it's not serious enough to go to the urgent care. However, if you don't get medical treatment, Thomas then you can't file a claim under your supplemental policy. So use the telemedicine services to get the qualifying treatment. Now you can file a claim under your supplemental policy and get that benefit, which I should have done but didn't. Well, that got me thinking about the other benefits of telemedicine, so that's why I wanted to talk about it on today's episode of Small Biz Brainiac. So telemedicine is also referred to as telehealth, and the American Telemedicine Association uses the two terms interchangeably, but the Health Resources and Services Administration, which is a division of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, defines telehealth as the use of electronic information and telecommunications technologies to support and promote long-distance clinical health care, patient, and professional health-related education, public health, and health administration. But then they define telemedicine as more simply just remote clinical services. And clinical services are the types of services that you get from urgent care or the hospital, or your physician for that matter. Many states, though, have passed telemedicine laws, and they also make that distinction between telehealth and telemedicine. So even though the ATA doesn't, it's important that you know that there is a difference when it comes to the legal definition. But whatever you call it, remote health services are changing the way healthcare is delivered, and that's a good thing. So telemedicine services include things like consultation and diagnosis with a primary care physician or registered nurse, the development of a treatment plan, an electronic medical record and care instructions, and a facility referral if you need immediate care, And it's also available after hours. And some of the most common medical conditions that are ideal for telemedicine are abrasions and bruises, you know, colds, flu, fever, sore throat, cough, congestion, allergies, uh, skin infections, bites and stings, headaches, uh, prescription refills, any kind of vomiting, nausea, urinary tract infections, for example even headaches, body aches, and and eye infections. And some of these conditions and other more serious ones will require a webcam so that the doctor can physically examine you. Now, when it comes to prescriptions, notice I said refills because as it relates to prescriptions, you have federal law and state law that kind of gets in the way of a prescription, a first-time prescription being given via telemedicine. There's a federal law, the Ryan Haight 
Online Pharmacy Consumer Protection Act that was passed in 2008, and it prohibits controlled substances from being prescribed via the internet without a quote-unquote valid prescription. And in order for a, a prescription to be valid, you have to be receiving treatment and either physically located in the hospital or clinic or be in the physical presence of a physician, even if it's on the golf course. As for state law, well, as usual, the laws vary state by state, but in general, a new prescription can't be issued through a telemedicine encounter because the physician has to have a personal relationship with you, and that can't be done, or that can only be done through a face-to-face visit. Uh, An online consultation isn't enough to create that patient-doctor relationship under most states' laws. So unless you've already seen that doctor in the flesh, then they can't issue a prescription. But again, you can get a refill. Now, the Center for Connected Health Policy has an interactive map with all these laws and regulations surrounding telemedicine for all 50 states. It's a great resource. And if you're interested in that, there's a link in the show notes. Telemedicine can be delivered through video conferencing, or over the phone, but in every state that I'm aware of, it can't be done by fax or text messaging. I'm not sure how you do it by fax anyway. And in fact, in some states, like New York, it actually requires a video call. It's just a, a simple phone call isn't enough. And there are some pretty significant benefits to telemedicine. You know, you get better access, it's, it's quicker, and distance is not a factor. It's more affordable, it's convenient, and the quality is good. So, for example, a rural facility can use it to give their patients access to better quality care by giving you access to specialists. And that's going to save you time and money because now you don't have to travel, you know, 100 miles in one direction to get that care from that specialist. One of the companies selling the technology that facilitates this is LifeSize. They're a video conferencing services company, and they use cloud-based conferencing combined with easy-to-use cameras and high-definition phones to connect physicians with their patients. And their clients include companies like the Texas Back Institute, which is a 200-employee multi-location healthcare provider in, you guessed it, Texas, and the Women's Hospital in Birmingham, England, as well as the University Medical Center in Utrecht, Netherlands. I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, just to name a few. And in a life-size white paper, they say, quote, imagine traveling to a doctor's office for your annual checkup and being greeted over the phone by a receptionist's voice. You are then transferred on the phone to a nurse who then connects your call to a doctor, end quote. So the doctor office of the future could be staffed by, say, only LPNs and IT nerds. I say that with respect because I wish I was an IT nerd. And I can imagine an office where you go from you know machine to machine, and with the assistance of the LPN, all the exams and tests are done, and then an RN or a physician is on the other end watching and monitoring the results to provide a diagnosis and a treatment plan. Now, according to an American Telemedicine Association study, people love the care that they get through telemedicine. They say patient satisfaction is consistently very high and that, quote, 
The source of satisfaction for most patients is the ability to see a specialist trained in the area most closely related to the patient's condition, the feeling of getting personalized care from a provider who has the patient's interest in mind, and the ability to communicate with the provider in a very personal and intimate manner over the telecommunications, end quote. Well, telemedicine is actually so awesome that legislators in Washington state are trying to get a new law passed that would expand the use to improve the care for injured workers. And the proposed law says that the Department of Labor and Industries, which is the department responsible for providing workers' compensation coverage, that they have to develop access to telemedicine for injured workers and and reimburse providers who use that service. So work comp insurance pays for medical costs, wages for lost time at work, and travel costs. So the faster the injured worker gets the right treatment, and to the extent that they can avoid travel, the lower the claim's cost, and that's good for you. The monthly policy costs range from free, because it's included in your group health policy, to around $200. And some standalone plans have a lower monthly premium, and then you get three or four visits per month, or calls per month, and then they charge a fee after that of you know around $40 for each visit. And for more information on the subject and a comparison of two standalone providers of telemedicine services, I recommend you read a blog post called Teladoc versus American Well, which telemedicine company is right for you. This was uh, written by Joey Giangola of Giangola Insurance Agency, and it's an excellent uh, article. I've put a link to that in the show notes for you. Well, finally, if you have questions, remember that your employer-related questions are answered for free. Just go to smallbizbrainiac.com and scroll down to the Got Questions section and, and ask. We'd love to help you. Well, there you have it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.